Well, again, I just want to welcome all of you uh, to church with us this morning. I want to welcome all our online viewers on Facebook. Uh, it's been great for us to be able to launch that here a few weeks ago. So if you're watching on live with us, uh, online with us, we're, we're glad that you're watching. Uh, if you'd like to come check out our church, uh, you can do that. Uh, if you're watching online, you can check out our website, mtcchurch.org, and there's a form to fill out on there, but we are so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, I want to start out this morning and my message by talking about uh, our vision here at Mount Tabor. So our, our vision is communities changed by Christ. Uh, and, and what that means is wherever you are, wherever you are, you are committed to being the church. A vision for communities changed by Christ and a heart for people means that we as God's people, are committed to being the church wherever we are. The, the, the word vision can be big. It can be, uh, you can just think of it as, well, it's, it's a future place, and it is where we want to go. It is who we want to be for the Lord, and that involves us, our hearts, and who we are in Christ. So I want to remind you this morning that our vision is who we are, that the heart that you have for your family, for your loved ones that are here today, for your coworkers, for your classmates. The heart that you have for them means that you need to be committed to change communities by Christ, to be the church wherever you go. Over the last few weeks, we've been in a sermon series on Colossians, and uh, Tony's been talking to us a lot about the people of Colossae, how uh, there was a lot of Gnosticism, belief in uh, philosophical ideas and a knowledge-based faith, and then there was also Judaism that existed there, where people believed that if they followed the law, the Old Testament law, exactly as it was written, that that is what they needed to do to follow Jesus. But last week, I love what Tony said about what it means to really follow Jesus. Tony said, you are the most valuable to Jesus because he is enough. So Tony kept coming back to this word, enough, last week. And that's a question I want to ask you guys this morning. Is Jesus enough to you? Yes, we know that he's paid the price. We know that uh, he loves us unconditionally. We know that he went to the cross. But is that enough to change our communities by Christ? About four and a half years ago, I want to tell you guys a, a, just a short story. About four and a half years ago, uh, there was a uh, young man who stepped into ministry, and uh, he began serving in a local church, and uh, really in a lot of ways, this was his first ministry, so he was learning what it meant to serve, what it meant to uh, help grow disciples, what it meant to begin something and take it somewhere. And uh, over the first couple of years for this young man, uh, he really struggled to get a grasp on why am I doing what I'm doing? Yes, he had a heart for people. Yes, he loved to spend time with people. He loved to tell people about the love of Jesus. But there was still something missing in this man's life. There was something missing. And Jesus being enough was that thing missing. See, this man was trying to do ministry. He was trying to evangelize. He was trying to reach people with the gospel and build programs, and build ministries. But for the first two or three years, he forgot 
that Jesus was enough. See, his roots weren't deep into Jesus. If you hadn't guessed it by now, that man was actually me. Yes, I stepped into this ministry as a youth pastor four and a half years ago, and I was excited to be here. And I still am to this day. Communities being changed by Christ is what drives me to this day, for what God can do here in this community. But over those first few years of doing ministry here, I was trying to do everything on my own. I was trying to build things on my own. I was trying to build a model for youth ministry, for children's ministry, that would be effective and that would look healthy. But the thing that I forgot was that Jesus was enough. I had lost the sense of my roots growing deep into Christ. And praise God, God is restoring my heart for him more and more. And it's a journey over the last couple of years. And I tell you that today to kind of preface where we're going to be going in Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians 2, verses 6 through 12. Everything's going to be up here on the screen for you. We're going to be in the New Living Translation. So let's start in verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and that from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. If I could, let me pray over this word and then we'll get back into it. Father, I ask that you would take these words, your words from Colossians, that you would transfer our heart, transform our heart and you would help remind us, Lord, that you are enough and that you need to be our foundation. In Jesus' name, amen. So this first verse, verse 6, it talks about accepting Christ. It talks about believing Christ, and I'm sure many of you in this room have done that. You've taken that step to accept Jesus because you believe in him. But the end of verse 6 says, you must continue to follow him. And a question I want to pose to you this morning and it may seem silly right now, but it is this. How do we follow Jesus? How do we follow Jesus? Often we remember the why we should, and we believe that, but how do we truly follow Jesus? How do we truly follow Jesus? I love what Paul says in verse 7. He says, let your roots go, grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. So this, this concept of roots is what Paul uses to help talk to the people of Colossae about what it means to follow Jesus. And, and why does he use roots? Well, a root system is what strengthens the base. When you plant something in the ground, 
it doesn't just come up by itself. It has to grow a root system to support, to support the plant. So what does it mean to be rooted in Jesus? About three years ago, um, when I was kind of going through some of those struggles of, man, is, am I really keeping Jesus first in my life? Or am I just doing these things I think that I need to do to serve him? I was reminded that being rooted in Christ is the very foundational piece of who we are as Christians. And so we, we, we kind of named our student ministry Rooted, Rooted Student Ministry. And this is, why, this is why we did that. Rooted means that before you do anything else, before you serve, before you get plugged into a ministry, before you do this or do that, you have your roots grown down deep into Jesus. He says, let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. So Paul is really explaining, going back to the basics of the gospel. See, and, and so often, I know it's been easy for me to say, there's so much I need to learn. There's so much I need to do. But in the midst of all that, in the midst of all those things, or maybe for you, it's a storm that you're going through, a trial, something difficult in life with a loved one or that you're dealing with personally. We can forget that when we don't grow our roots down deep into Jesus, that we're easily swayed, that we're easily distracted. Paul is calling the people of Colossae home. He's saying, hey, you, you, are, you are believing these different things, these things that sound good. These areas of ministry that sound good. But he says, before you do any of that, you need to have your base built into Jesus. The first step to following Jesus is being rooted in him. I love what Psalm 1, 2, and 3 says about that. It says this, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. David here is talking about men and women who serve the Lord and seek the Lord with their whole heart. You see, when David was called into ministry, he was probably a young teenager. He was, meant, he was watching over the flocks. And, and when, uh, when Samuel went to talk to Jesse, when he was led there, to find the next king of Israel, Jesse showed Samuel uh, all of his sons, his sons that were older and stronger and that looked like they could carry the weight for the nation of Israel. But the Lord led Samuel to David. Why? Because David was rooted in Jesus. Because David was being trained up in the Lord. Because David was spending time watching over the flock, spending time talking to God investing into his, into his relationship with God. David was starting at the home base. He was starting at the foundation. And David, when he was called to be king, he, he really didn't become king for a long time after that. Most history says it was uh, at least 15 or 20 years until he was about 40 years old when he became king. So there's a lot of time in between when David was called to be the king of Israel and when he was actually put into that place. And what happens between is, is there's, there's a lot. David is fighting off bears. 
from his flocks. David is running from King Saul. David is uh, hiding in caves, and people are following him because they believe he's been called to lead the nation of Israel. But all while doing this, David is growing a real, deep, intimate relationship with God. So we need to be rooted in God. And the second part of that, we need to be built up in him. Verse 7 says, let your lives be built on him. So I want to talk a little bit more about a foundation. And there's a, there's a couple ways we can think about that. Uh, any sports fans in here? Raise your hand if you're a sports fan. Okay, there's a lot of sports fans in here, okay? I, I go crazy about sports, and one of my favorite sports is basketball. And um, sometimes I get the opportunity to coach uh, a basketball team, a winter league from West Washington. Um, and one of the things we work on the most, other than running, is uh, we work on their stance and the way they play defense. And the way that we do that is we tell them to get a, a wide base, about shoulder, shoulder width, each leg, to bend their knees, and to get set. That way they can move to the left. That way they can move to the right. That way they can move forward and backwards, but that they have a strong base. Rather than standing up and just trying to run that way or this way, we say you have to have a base. And by having a base, that means you have to have a strong stance. I love the illustration Matthew 7 gives about having a strong stance. It says this, verse 21, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And I, I preface that before we go to verse 24 in Matthew 7, 21, because the title of that passage, it says, it's true discipleship. So Jesus says, not everyone who calls me Lord is really following me. Not everyone who calls me Lord is really following me. Actually, only those who do the will of the Father in heaven will enter. And then down to verse 24 and 25 of Matthew 7, it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is like a wise person who builds a house on a solid rock. I'm sure many of you I've heard that before, maybe growing up in church, the wise men built his house upon the rock. Verse 25, though the rain came, came down in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Jesus says that when we build our life around him, when we first invest our life into him and grow our roots down and then we build a foundation that can't, that, that, that can't be moved. Then the things in this life that distract us and disappoint us and wear us down, even some of the good things in life that can point us away from Jesus, those things become secondary because the most important thing is having a foundation in Christ. Why didn't the house fall? Because it was built on the rock, on the bedrock. I'm sure there's, there's many of you in here today that have built a house before. I've seen a house built. There's so much time spent on the foundation and on, on the piers and on how they are building that house on bedrock. Because if you don't build a house well, it will crumble. It will fall. In verse 25, he says, when the rain comes and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse. 
What do the rains and the floodwaters and the winds in your life look like? What do they look like? Are they personal struggles? Are they struggles in your marriage? Are they struggles being godly in your school? Are they struggles financially? Are they struggles to just simply even get connected in reading your Bible or talking to God? Jesus reminds us that our foundation has to be set on him. And I think that's part of what I missed in my first few years of ministry. See, I thought that theology and memory verses and knowing models of ministry would would be what would carry me and would make me strong. But I forgot that the gospel has to be first. The gospel has to be the most important thing in our life. And I know, I know, if you know Jesus, if you've given your life to him, it can seem like, well, yeah, I I know the gospel because I believe in it. But are we following Jesus? Is the gospel primary? I've been reading this book called Rooted by a, a pastor named Banning Liebsker, and he says this about a foundation. He says, a foundation always has to be bigger than the thing it is supporting. A foundation always has to be bigger than the thing that it is supporting. So if you've given your life to Jesus or you're considering that, where does your foundation have to be? It has to be in Jesus. It has to be strong. This is, this is something, actually, in our student ministry, we've been talking a lot about because we have people coming forward and saying, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. And then we have those conversations and those times in prayer where we say, yes, we love that, but do you know what it means to follow Jesus? Do you know what it means to really commit your life to him? Because remember, Jesus said, not everyone who calls out, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what it means to follow Jesus? Ephesians 4, 13 and 14 help give us some perspective about what it means to follow Jesus and to not be burdened by sin. Paul says this, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. When your roots are grown deep into Jesus, when your foundation is built on him, when your lives are putting Jesus first, you won't be held captive to sin. You won't be held captive to that immaturity early in your walk with Christ, where you're easily swayed, where you're easily blown by the wind or by something somebody says. And I I know in my life there's been many times where I've been held captive to sin because I've forgotten that Jesus is enough. It, It seems so basic, and it is, but we miss it. Jesus is enough. And has Jesus become enough to you today? See, here's the truth of this. We can't walk away from Jesus and survive. We can't walk away from Jesus and survive. Why? Because we need Jesus desperately. It doesn't matter how strong of a family we have, how much money we have, how many many possessions we have. We can't walk away from Jesus and live a new life because we need Jesus desperately. 
the last point I want to talk to you about is about growing strong in your faith. We've talked about being rooted, growing your roots deep into Jesus and having your foundation built on him. I want to talk a little bit about what it means to grow strong in your faith. And before I do that, I want to, I want to read just a little bit more again from Colossians 2, verse 9. He says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, not by a physical procedure, because Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. You were buried with Christ, and you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life, because you trusted the mighty power of God, who raised Christ from the dead. What does it look like, look like to grow your faith strong in Jesus? What does that look like? One of, the, one of the core beliefs and things we do in our student ministry, in rooted student ministry, is we provide a place where students can grow, where students can find Jesus, where they can build a faith and then stay, stay strong in their faith. And that, that is a process. Like I said, we have... We have students, we had a couple of students uh, about three, four weeks ago that got baptized. And even, even after they got baptized, praise the Lord for that, they, I, I'm questioning, what is the next step? What are we doing to help them follow Jesus? And we're working through that. But I can tell you that God's doing a great work, not only in Rooted, not only in We Worship, not only in Celebrate Recovery and Hoosier's Help, and, and kids hope in the new dyslexia ministry. Not only is God doing a great work in there, but God is helping build people become stronger in their faith. There's a couple of stories I want to tell you guys as we get ready to close uh, about a, a few students that God's really done a great work in their life. And they may be in here today, and I may be surprising them by talking about them. Uh, the first student is uh, Abby Martin. So this is Abby up on the screen. You may remember she got baptized uh, the summer before last, so uh, the summer of 2018, right after camp. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Abby. Um, started coming to church here about four years ago. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to really make a strong connection with Abby. I was able to talk to her a little bit, but we didn't have a, a, a strong relationship. But when Abby came to camp, Ascent week in 2018, God did something great in her life. God reminded Abby that she's a child of God. And Abby gave her life to Christ. And since Abby gave her life to Christ, she didn't stop there. No, she started bringing her friends to youth group and making sure they would be there to be a core together. Abby realized that growing strong in her faith meant that she had to have a faith of her own. And I'm, I'm so proud of the work that God's doing in Abby's life. I am so proud of you. But why did that happen? Well, because she found a place to be rooted in Christ and because she made that faith her own. Another student I want to talk to you about is my friend Monica Robinson. So, oh, actually, let me talk about Katie real quick. Go back. Sorry. <laughs> this is one of Abby's friends that she brought to Rooted. I, I don't know if uh, Katie attended another church or was involved with the youth group, but she's been a part of our youth group for over two years. And a couple weeks ago, she gave her life to Jesus. Why did she do that? Well, because she had someone who was rooted in Christ 
walking in life next to her. The next person is uh, Monica Robinson. She's on the far right. She's got a black eye there. She lost a fight, I guess. Um, Monica is another student that, um, you know, has been going here for a long time. Her family's been here a long time. But at, at first, I didn't really connect with her, like, in a strong way. Like, I, she, she wasn't a huge part of our youth group to begin with, and she goes to school in Orleans, so there's a little bit of distance there. But it, it took me a while to really gauge kind of where she was at in her faith. And then about a year and a half ago, at a TCTC, a big conference we go to in Gatlinburg in January, I, I started to see a change take place in Monica. I started to see that she really wanted her faith and her life to be built on God and not on the other things around her. And uh, Monica had already given her life to Jesus, but she kind of had to back up, I think, a little bit like I've had to do. And the result of that is, is this. She actually got to baptize two of her friends. And not only did she baptize them, she actually led them to Christ. She led them to Jesus. How did Monica do that? Well, not, not because she's a great personality and she's very sweet and kind, but because she loves Jesus. She loves Jesus. She has a foundation built in him. And because of that, she led two of her friends to Christ. And it didn't stop there. They actually uh, started to meet together and kind of have a Bible study for a while to really help her friends find a foundation in God. She asked me, she said, hey, what's, what are some good resources for my friends? That, that is what it's about, folks. And all of us can do that. But we have to have our roots deep into Christ if we're going to do that. Uh, another one of my friends is uh, Robbie Perry. And he's a, a student in our high school ministry. I'm not sure if I had a picture of him or not, but uh, that's okay. Robbie, I'll just put you on the spot. Um, Robbie's been involved here a long time, and uh, as a middle schooler, he really stepped up and started serving and started saying, hey, what can I do to be a part of this youth group family? What can I do to serve? And over the past four years, I've seen Robbie not just be someone who's willing and who's raw and fresh and just ready to serve, but I've seen him, I've seen him grow in his relationship with God. I've seen him bring things to his life group at Rooted that he's struggling with or that his friends are struggling with. I've seen him even have a desire to serve the Lord in ministry. Now, I, I don't know if God's going to lead Robbie to a Bible college. I don't know if God's going to make a youth minister or a pastor out of Robbie. But, it, but Rob, what Robbie knows is that his foundation is in God. Wherever Robbie's at, God's going to use him, and I'm proud of him for that. The last, the last person, and I could tell stories all day. Right, guys? I could tell stories all day about rooted students. The last person is Gracelyn. Uh, Gracelyn, uh, Gracelyn Williams, uh, she actually just started to come to Rooted this semester. And uh, she actually has a neighbor, Jim Borden, uh, Jim and Melinda, who've actually been inviting their family to church for a long time. And they've told me about their neighbors. They've told me about the Williams. And only recently did Gracelyn give us you know, kind of give us a chance. And as she started to come to youth group and as she, she started to learn about what it meant to follow Jesus, she started to have that desire in her heart to give her life to Christ. But again, not to stop there. But she gave her life to Christ a few weeks ago when uh, Katie Laramore did as well. But she's not stopping there. She's 
ask in our life group, hey, what can I do to grow in my faith? Hey, how can I serve? Where, where should I start reading in God's Word? See, all these stories that I've told you, and I'm sure you could tell stories as well, all these stories are, are built on Jesus as the foundation. They're not, Jesus is not a supplement to these students' lives. Because I've seen what I, I've seen, and I've experienced what it what what it's like when Jesus is just a supplement, when he's just kind of there and he's not primary. But when Jesus becomes enough, when we become rooted and built in Him and grow our lives into Him, and when we allow God to to change our heart and change our desires, that is the thing that takes us to a new relationship with Him. Again, going back to this book, and I'm going to close with this. Worship team, you guys can come on up. God is not interested in developing your vision first. He's interested in developing you and you and you. God is not interested in developing your vision. And put whatever word you want in there for vision, career, job, finances, children, He's not interested in developing all the things that you want in life first. He's interested in you. And he wants to have a deep relationship with you. So my, my charge to you today, friends, is do everything you can to get back to Jesus. Let him be the foundation of your life. Return to the gospel. Return to that, that home and that's that place where you know he's your rock. Would you stand and let's worship together. If, uh, if you haven't met Jesus for the first time, I'll be up front here if you'd like to pray.